ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast. Today is Sunday, March 14th, and on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about why we decided to leave the military. Then we're going to go into our career selection and why you should stop trying to be happy at work. So let's do it. So here we go. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast this week. Um, Just wanted to start off this episode by saying Thank you to everyone who's telling their friends about this podcast um, to help us even a little bit uh, is greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, if any of you guys have the time, we would also appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, It just helps get us a little bit more attention, a little more notice. So thanks to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, if you want to get involved in the show, head over to beyondourservice.com. Send us an email, um, Facebook page as well, the Beyond Our Service Facebook page, or uh, we do have an Instagram account. We're not great at this stuff, but uh, you can follow us on that as well. Uh, we do put uh, pictures and stuff on there, kind of from what we're talking about, whether it's different shows. I put something stupid on there about like me m- mowing my lawn yesterday. Yeah, you and uh, we're also... <clears throat> finally being uh, charted. So it uh, the charts come out once a week, apparently, uh, that we just learned. And we debuted, I guess, after a certain period of time, that's when you're kind of eligible. So we've uh, only been doing this for right around two months. We debuted at 271 in the U.S. leisure category. We don't know uh, how many that's out of, so. <laughs> no, we don't. Well, that could be out of 272. We have no idea. And uh, the charts on like pod or like iTunes and stuff is all shows like the top 200. So we're close to the top 200. That's kind of cool. And then we in the comedy category, which that's a stretch to call this a, con- a comedy, <laughs> is uh, 499. Um, so that was the category. And then of all US podcasts, we're 3,837, which sounds like a giant number, but I tried to look it up earlier and there's around. Um, the la- the last number, the latest number I could find was out of 1.7 million podcasts inside the United States. So that's not bad, especially for a brand new podcast. No, that's a little better than we're the top 4,000 in podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to definitely context it to, uh, to feel yeah, better three, about yourself. 3,837 out of like 1 million podcasts is... It's really pretty awesome, especially considering we've only been around for two months. Uh, so really, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And uh, keep telling your friends, family members, whatever, even if it's just because we're terrible and you want to laugh at how bad we are. That's fine, too. Cool with it. Yeah, so, so how Shik, you- how was your day, man? How was your, how was your week? I'm getting snowed in here. Uh, I was supposed to have a buddy come hang out this weekend, but then uh, 
because of the winter storm we got that's still going right now. I think we're over two feet now, and it's just like 45-mile-an-hour winds. It was pretty crazy, uh, heavy, wet snow. So I've just been hanging out inside in between going outside and shoveling the driveway. But it's been, uh, yeah, we're all just kind of stuck here. So how you been? Good. How much feet? How much snow have you gotten? Two feet where I'm at right now. Jeez. That's insane. Texas would blow up. Um, Man, things have been good. We uh, had a pretty eventful week. Last weekend, we went camping for the first time of the year. Nice. Of 2021. That was great. And um, Texas State Parks, that was the first Texas State Park I've actually been in. And they, at least this one, I had heard good things. So it was really good. The the um, bathrooms were really clean, which was really surprising. And then and then we just do tent camping. So that was that was good. Um, we did, uh, it was pretty, pretty normal week, man. Kids just started, they had like a half day. So this is their spring break coming up like tomorrow. Like they don't have school till next Wednesday. Um, so that's good. Um, competed in a clay shoot tournament and, um, bought a hundred dollars in raffle tickets because the money goes towards the, the veteran organization and there was like 120 something people there and um i almost won six of the eight gifts you almost and won six of the eight so how many did you win so i won five and okay. the first three why wouldn't you just say i won five out of eight well so <laughs> the first three he called my name and i picked him up and it got really awkward. It got like really uncomfortable and embarrassing. And his daughter was drawing them. And he told her, he's like, you know, draw from a different spot, whatever. And he said he saw her like reaching in and like under and all this stuff, like way down in there and still pulled my name out. Well, so <laughs> for the fourth or fifth time, he, as I'm coming up and walking back, I guess he drew, she drew another one and he knew it was in between like the numbers that I had gotten. And so he, pulled it out of her hand and he threw it on the ground and goes draw again <laughs> and i know the, he's a buddy of mine so but he's like and he's that's like, he messed told up me man later. i know so but he's like no 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 no, do you know do it again so then he drew so technically i would have won six of the eight but i really only won five and then i gave one of them back because it was like um like competition sites for a pistol and i already have competition sites on my pistols and i don't want to change them so i walked up there saw that i won that and i was like no 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 you know give that back give it back so, yeah, I mean, I won a bunch of liquor, which is great. And then I won some, like, fancy whiskey glasses that hold your uh, cigar. They look like nice. a kind of groove in them. So, That's solid. Yeah, not bad. Um, we didn't shoot that bad either, so we did pretty decent. It was a good day. Well, lucky you. So what are we talking know, about this week then? Man, so I think we should um, – something I've been thinking about for a while. And uh, first off, we – you know, I think we should talk about – or we're going to end with talking about career selection, finding a job, all that stuff, because especially as veterans, we've gotten to do that twice. Um, you usually do it when you're coming out of school, whether that's high school or college, and then you've got to figure out what you want to be when you grow up kind of thing. And then – but if you're in the military, uh, you – you know, especially if you didn't necessarily go straight in, that wasn't your plan the entire time. You kind of come out of school, figure out what you want to do. Then you go into the military, well, then you get to do that all over again. It's the exact same thing. So that's 
what we're going to kind of end with, and and that's what the main bulk of the what we're going to talk about today. Um, but first off, man, I feel like we should ab- appease the masses, and by masses, I mean like the. I guess we can't say three anymore, but I guess maybe the few hundred people that are listening. Uh, we've gotten quite a bit of why we got out. People want to know. People have asked me. You know, not personal, like super close friends, obviously no, but <clears throat> I have been. You know, it's been asked multiple times via email, via Facebook, blah blah blah. So they want to know. So I feel like we should we should address that. Yeah, you want to go first? Um, sure. <laughs> All right, good answer. Why so, did you get uh, out of the military, Steve-O? Man, uh, I got out. I never really planned when I went in. I never had a um a solid plan of or vision of being in for twenty years. So I was open to it, but that was never really like the main thing that, but it was something that I knew if I never did, I would regret for the rest of my life. So I went in after college, as I've said back in the first episode, if you haven't heard that, by the way, go back and listen. It's our worst one, but, um, easily. So don't, don't judge us on that and then go listen to the rest of them. So, uh, once I was in, things were fine and and I enjoyed it and I actually was going, I was thinking about reenlisting. And as I got closer, so I went in after college, and so I was kind of an old man, technically. Um, so the idea of starting over once I got out, if I wasn't going to stay, stay in as a career, then I got out, excuse me. If I got out, I was going to be getting out in my early 30s. So I decided, all right, so I started thinking about it more. Me and Renee prayed about it a ton, and we decided that I wasn't going to reenlist. <clears throat> and, um, man, the, I mean, what it boiled down to was I grew up pretty spoiled. And so I never grew up thinking like, oh, I want to give my kids more than what I had. That was never like a, a driving factor in any of my decisions as for like what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. Um, cause I'd have to spoil them a ton. So really the thing that kind of popped in my head was if I stayed in, then I was going to have to give my children less father than I had. Mm. Um, my dad was always around. He was always a coach. He was always volunteering for stuff. I mean, he was just, he was, we spent a lot of time with him and, um, I still to this day spend to see him a lot, spend a lot of time with him, have a good relationship with him. Like all that's great. And so to give my kids less than that, man, it just, it just didn't sit right. And I just eventually, it, we just couldn't do it. And, um, I mean, we owned a house in Savannah. We, we really did plan on staying there for a lot longer than what we did. And, but once we had Lillian, it just, things change. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have similar um, reasons as to why I got out. Um, I think uh, originally, I mean, when I first joined, it was for like family reasons for then. Um, Taylor was super little and I needed to do something to support the family. So I'd always kind of wanted to do the military. I was going to go the officer route. Uh, but then I just couldn't wait two more years to finish school. So I just enlisted and then I hated the job I was doing, but I did enjoy being in the Marine Corps. And I thought from the beginning that I would just do 20 years. Cause I was like, 20 years is easy. And then you just retire. And, uh, sure. 20, 20 years in the military is not easy. Um, <laughs> no, I don't care. Not. Yeah. I don't care what your job <laughs> is. That is just not an easy thing. 20 years. Um, and so, uh, I think last week I mentioned in the divorce episode that had I known I was getting divorced, I probably never would have even reenlisted. Um, 
but nonetheless, I did. And I, I switched jobs over to EOD and I loved it. And, but because I got divorced, I went from seeing my kids very little to like hardly at all. And I lived, you know, 30 minutes away from them. So yeah, I, I started to just get infuriated with the Marine Corps and EOD and all of it just because it was keeping me away from my kids. Um, which kind of sucked too, because I knew that I didn't, I, I knew that I really liked EOD. And I liked the job and I liked, you know, all the people and doing that. But at the same time, I was just like, my level of commitment is just like nowhere near where it needs to be or where other people's are um, in the community, just because I despise that it keeps me away from my family so much. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I was right. So, yeah, and, and it, I wrestled with it a lot because at the same time, I was like, well, if I get out, like you said, you're going to have to start over. And starting over in your early 30s is, you know, that's not fun. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it was, it was just a very similar mindset of um, you only get one shot with your kids. And, you know, for me, 20 years in the military, you know, I, that would have put me, both girls would have been graduated into college by the time I I finished my service time. So I just, yeah. I just saw that as being, I would have missed everything. So that's kind of why, uh, I yeah. decided to be an old man on campus, which hasn't been any fun either. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. So, yeah. So you said, uh, you were talking about one, uh, one lady who had a story or was talking to you about, somebody who had gotten out of the military. What, what were you telling me about that? Yeah. So this Friday, uh, I've been having some issues with my phone service. And so I went into Verizon trying to figure that out. And when I was there, uh, one of the girl, one of the employees that was there was she kind of heard that I do insurance stuff or whatever, because I have a business account and I'm trying to figure that out. So, because I'm having some issues with it. So they, while we're trying to figure all that out, she starts asking me questions. She said, oh, so, and I guess she saw my, I have a KIA bracelet on my wrist. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a silver one. Most people don't really realize what it is. So I'm assuming that's what it was. I don't know. But she asked me, she said, you know, were you in the army or what, you know, what branch are you in? And I was like, uh, I was in the army. And then she asked me again. And so it turns out her husband is, uh, was in the infantry as well in the army. And uh, he was in first ID, which is in Kansas, the big red one. And so, and I guess he had gotten out a few years back, a couple years back, somewhere around there. And she asked me, she said, you know, how did you end up getting into insurance? You know, like, that's just, that seems like a, that does not seem like the normal route for someone who was in the infantry to go there. And I said, right. yeah, no, it's definitely not. Um, and then she said, so I, I, you know, when my husband got out, man, he just, he had no idea what he wanted to do. He was just kind of lost like he had to kind of start over and she said like once he she knew some people that uh i don't know do family whatever and they do lineman work so now she, he's a lineman which is for those who don't know and i didn't know for a long time a lineman or lineman <clears throat> is someone who works on like power lines like they hang power lines or set up power lines and do all that stuff so they kind of go up the poles and do all that jazz and it's actually a pretty um, dangerous job. I don't know what you just did on your side. The the strobing. Yeah, dude. I'm just having a dude. I'm having a party over here. <laughs> I just found this light. I just found this like little keychain light, and it'll like blind you with this good strobe Lord. light. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't be doing flashy things. <laughs> I'm sitting here. That's oh, my bad. Possible for me not to focus on. So, no. So that's what you know. So she started. So we had this great conversation, but it was the same story. And and he basically, she said, well, you know, now he makes great money. Linemen make good money because it's a it's a dangerous job. Think like you know, roughnecks and stuff and old old, yeah. especially the ones in the coast, right? Mm-hmm. So. Now, though, the wear and tear on his body, and she's talking to me about, man, I just, you know, he kind of wishes that he could try to find something else. He's, he wants to get out of it. It's definitely not something. It's something that's just beating the hell out of him, but it makes good money, and he doesn't want to take a step back and make, he can't go back to making, like, 30 grand or whatever and start over, yeah. and they just had their first kid and all that stuff. So, man, it just, it, it's something that we Dude, I've that's why, I feel like that's how, that's why half the people stay in the military. Yeah. Because they're just like, you know what? It's it's a good enough life and stability for me and my family. Like, I'm not going to go take two steps back and struggle through school to try to pursue, like, a, a civilian career. Right. Well, and it's it, especially, like, you know, when you get to a certain length in, a certain time frame in, then it's why not just... Yeah, it doesn't make anyway, sense. Yeah. And then you can always go back to school and do all that. But then you have a you have a pension, you have a retirement, you have all this stuff. So I don't know, man, it got me thinking. It got me thinking on like what we, you know, how, when she was asking me like how I got here, how did, you know, how did you get from, and that's a pretty common question when people figure out I was in special operations and doing all that cool guy stuff to now I sell insurance. That's usually a question that people kind of stop down and go, what? Yeah. How did you, how did you get from the, why are you doing this now because it's it's not a sexy job like it doesn't seem like something that people would do and so i don't know i feel like you know that's something that and i just think it plagues a lot of people you know trying to find a job trying to find a career especially in something that you stay with and that you want to do over and over and you know do for the rest of your life yeah i mean there's there's a lot. I guess we're going to get into it a little bit, but there's just a lot that goes into kind of dissecting what makes it, what level of importance your job satisfaction should be at or how much it matters to you or, you know, what situations or, or at different times in your life can you focus on that more than others? Um, and so, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big topic. I think a lot of people, you know, or they, they, they put a lot of stock into their specific job satisfaction and what that means to them. Um, yeah, having that happiness be? at work. Well, I mean, that's, that is the question, right? I, I guess it's, it's a certainly a subjective topic that every individual has a different answer to, you know? Right. But when you look at like, when you, and it doesn't matter who you talk to when they talk about like quality of life, it's always like your health and your, friends and like social stuff your health your your marriage your relationship they'll say and he had a great career i mean that's that's always in there too yeah and their career but that's when you talk like there's that those are the big four do you think that that job satisfaction is is or should be the ultimate driver when you're looking for a job or a career uh i mean it's such a hard so no Never. See, I'll disagree with you. I'll disagree with that because I think there's a time where you can be more aggressive and daring with your chances of going and doing the job that you quote unquote, like love to do. 
Well, sure, but like, so how do we define? I mean, like, what's the meaning of job satisfaction? Like, how do we? What do we? Def- what do you mean by that? Well, again, I mean, it's everybody's different answers. Like, what? What's my answer? My answer now, obviously, every anyone's answer in the moment is going to be uh, all of your life experiences are going to contribute to what that answer is now. That answer now is not the same as when I first was at Oklahoma State, right? Because when I was right. first, when I first got to Oklahoma State, I said I want to do sports journalism because all I wanted to do was like talk on the radio and like watch sports and like that's it. And then I realized that there's a journalism part, a very real journalism part that you have to yeah. get in college. <laughs> and I'm like, I hate writing. I don't want to do any of this crap. I just want to get paid and I just want to talk about sports and watch them and get paid like very, yeah. very good amounts of money. Um, Millions of dollars. But then getting out of the Marine Corps and going back to college, that was the furthest thing on my mind. I was literally, I mean, for me, I was scouring websites to find out what, what are jobs that are most marketable, that is an industry that's constantly hiring, that is pretty much like impervious to automation or being taken over by technology. And like, that's all I cared about, but that's a completely different time in my life where I have so many obligations and responsibilities that I have to maintain and take care of. And so for me, job satisfaction is something that I can adequately provide for my family. That that's, that's pretty much where job satisfaction, I'd say 90% of it falls on for me. Okay. So I think that I agree with you. I think that if you're, I think it all depends on how you, what you're thinking of or how you define job satisfaction. I think it's important. I don't think it's the only driver because I have seen and I have been around people, I've been on both sides, or I've seen both sides, where there are some people who are, they're not happy at their job. They don't really like what they do. They don't really give a damn about it. But they're satisfied in the fact that they have enough time off. The health insurance benefits are good enough. Their pay is good enough to where they get to take care of their family. And my example was my neighbor who worked for Gulfstream back in Savannah. And he just, you know, at the time anyway, and and it's been a while since I've talked to him, but at the time I remember, and he, I don't even, it was almost like a line job, but not, not exactly. And I remember asking, I was like, Oh, so do you like doing that? And he goes, no, hell no. I hate my job. Like I, or I hate doing it. He's like, but I don't really care. Like I work, I work four 10 hour days. So I get every Friday off and that means, and he, I would actually get some overtime. So he's like, I just work overtime. So I make good enough money. And he's like, man, like we're literally standing outside his wife and his brand new, his daughter, who's like six months old is out there. And he's like, but you know, it provides for them. Like, I don't really care. Like I'm not, I don't go to work to me. My job is not somewhere where I need to like, I should have fun and feel happy and giggle. And so would you say rainbows all day? Would you say then for you, like, because I've thought about this because when I talk about, okay, the focus for me is on taking care of my family. But then I also, you also have to sit there and think, well, is there a scenario or a job where I could just hate it so much that I would take a step back because this is just soul, like it's so soul sucking that absolutely like my family be damned. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. See, I hundred, yes, I agree. Yes. I think that you, there is a, there's a threshold where, I don't think that you should, like, 
man, I, I struggle with like the perfect job and people finding it like the, it's like they're, they're in a really good job, but then they, they're constantly looking for something else because it's not their dream job, quote unquote dream job. Right. Well, I also 100% agree. You, there's a limit. Like you can't just absolutely dread your job every day, every weekend, Sunday comes around and you wake up with a pit in your stomach because you got to go to work the next day. Like if you're if you're at that level, then yeah, absolutely. You, I don't know that an, there's enough benefits to make it worth it. You probably should go do something else. And I think it depends too. Like right. So when you're talking, when you were just explaining that, you're talking about the person always looking for the next job, right? Right. I mean, some people are just so success and career driven that they're constantly just trying to get to the next step. They're constantly looking to evolve. They're constantly chasing whatever it is their dream position is. And maybe it takes a whole career to get there. But there's also that. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, the ambition within the workplace to just constantly try and improve, you know? I mean, that that could be a great way to take a job or an industry that you don't really care about, but you're like, but I'm just going to crush it. I'm just going to keep climbing the ladder because maybe that is that's enough of – an, an attainable goal that keeps you more engaged in a job you otherwise maybe wouldn't care for. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so, it, but I mean, I agree that you should definitely try to work hard and you should try to get to it and that you should learn from it. It might not be the biggest, you know, the perfect happiest job, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, you know, if that's your sole focus, then I'm not no. saying it would be your sole focus. I'm not saying it would take any more time, so to speak, away from the other things that you, you know, are that that you've put on a pedestal as being important in your life. But that you know, within it, you're just like, look. I mean, there's ways to make the best of situations, and maybe if you don't like what you're doing or where you're at, then you go. You don't like your boss, then why don't you become the boss? Like, I mean, there's yeah. there's those kind of situations too where you can still always challenge yourself. I think it's too easy to get into a job where you are comfortable, you're complacent because it does provide, but then at the same time, you're just, you just sit there and there's just nothing. There's nothing on the horizon. There's nothing you're striving for or trying to achieve or trying to better yourself with. And so you can just easily play into how miserable your job is and how much you hate it. And I don't know, maybe I, I think that's a two-way street. I think you have to, you have to put into it to get a lot out of it. Um, and if you're mm -hmm. just, so it is a balance, right? You have to be somewhat still engaged and you still have to, you know, if you're going to do, if you're going to have to do a job from nine to five every single day, then you should probably figure something out. <laughs> yeah. You do spend a ton of time there, right? Like that's a big part of your life is what you do, what you're just working nine to five or whatever it is that, you know, your time. But so I think that when I was reading one of these polls, so there was it was an article on, um, so it's on Harvard Business Review, um, which made me feel smart when I when I was reading it because it was Harvard, some chick from Harvard. That doesn't sound <laughs> sexist. I thought so, we're only supposed to get our news from Reddit, man. You know the rules. Oh crap! Damn it. So uh, it said, you know, it talks about like being happy at work. And I think this is more what I what I talk what I'm thinking about when I say like you shouldn't be like when I think of job satisfaction as a bad thing like if that's your your primary drive 
is just drive is just job satisfaction. If by job satisfaction you mean happiness, then I think that that's a terrible way to go. And it even says like, you know, so much. And and I think there's so much emphasis and so much in our society about you have to be happy at work. You should be happy at work. Your job should make you happy. Um, and I think that that's either just a poor use of vocabulary and or just wrong. And it talks about like, so judging from Gallup, the Gallup statistics that show 85% of employees aren't engaged, few know how to attain it. So like if they, if, if trying to be happy is all you want and yet 85% of them aren't even engaged at their job and don't give a damn, then, you know, like why, why, why are so many people just not, if you're happy, if you were happy at your job, wouldn't you think you'd be more engaged? So what, what's, why would that? I don't know. Why do you have so many people that just haven't figured it out? Well, because they want this happiness to just kind of exist. Like they don't want to have to do anything for it or like they they, they just want it to be there. Right. Like there's probably two ways it's easiest to be happy at work. You either really enjoy the people you work with or you really enjoy the work. Right. So if, if, if those things don't exist, then people probably aren't doing anything about it. They're just like, well, I wish I was happier at work. I mean, I agree if, if what you do at work is like your source of happiness, then I feel like that would be a very unfulfilling life. But the other part is think about like, what if you don't have a lot of friends? What if you don't have family? What if you don't have an abundant social life? Like maybe work is a heck of a lot more to somebody else than it is, than it is to you or me in certain times. And so maybe it's not, I think it depends to play on like, to be the, from what you just said, like, I mean, your work, I don't know. It could be very fulfilling. Like what if you're, it depends on what your job is, right? Like what if you're feeding starving children of Africa and that's your job? Yeah, but you could be a psychopath and that's not fulfilling to you. True. I mean, it's possible. All right. I think that like this article that when it, later on in the article, I think the, the biggest point that I liked and what I agree with is when you shift it from happiness to meaning, like looking for meaning in your job, like you want your job to be meaningful because it kind of goes into some psychological stuff too that kind of gives you gave me a little bit of a tired head but you it talks about you know happiness is a is a temporary feeling so your job can still have meaning and it can still be fulfilling or have meaning but you aren't always going to be happy at your job at that same job all the time yeah i agree with because that every one of us have jobs that like you know you do shit that you don't like it doesn't there's, there are things that do not make me happy at my job that I wish I could change, but it's just part of it. Like you got to do that part. But for the most part, what I do for a living, it, it is pretty fulfilling. It does give, I feel like it is very pretty, it's pretty meaningful work. And at times it's very surprising how meaningful selling insurance can be. But, you know, I think any job where you can find meaning, meaning in it, then I think that kind of helps with, the grind and with the monotony. But if you're just trying to find something that just makes you happy all the damn time, dude, nothing makes you happy all the damn time. Like it's just a, that's not how happiness works. It's just, it's an emotion. It's a temporary emotion. All right. So I think we kind of talked about, you know, what else we would kind of weigh in as far as um, when we're trying to find our career or, you know, whatever job would make us happy, so to speak. Do you believe the saying though, that if you love your job, you never work a day in your life? 
not really, no. I mean, even as like, kind of obviously, pessimist. obviously not in like the literal sense, like that doesn't exist like in the literal sense, but like as, sure. as a nice little like optimistic saying, you know, that if you, if you do love yes your no, job, well. then you never work a day in your life. Cause you're right. I mean, no matter what, like sports athletes have the best job in the world, but you think they like sitting in front of the media and having to answer stupid questions night in and night out. Like, no. So I'm sure in those moments, it very much seems like a lot of work and a lot of ass pain to be a pro athlete. But if you ask them, are they doing their dream job and does it feel like work? They probably tell you no. Right. Right. No, I think that, well, so for me personally, I feel like some people are chasing it. I know I did when I was in college, I was so wrapped up in this mindset or con like this concept of, you know, if you love what you do or you like, you you know, you're never going to work a day in your life, blah, blah, blah. That sounds great. Cause I don't like working. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of lazy. Like I mean, never working ever sounds amazing. Yeah, but it's not reality. But no one ever kind of. I feel like there's just a lot more to that. Like that's just too easy of a saying. It's too easy to say that and then walk away. Or does it really like more mean say that to a kid? You got to explain it. Does it more mean that the work itself? It, you never like because you're doing what you love. The work itself is just so much more acceptable that it's, it's never really like you're never as down and out about the bad of it than you would another right. job that you don't love. Right. Because in a, if you're doing a job you don't love, I mean, it's like being in the military, man, you can just find anything to bitch about everything. Oh God. Yeah. If you love what you're doing though, how many times are those little obstacles just like, Oh, that's nothing, man. That's no sweat. We'll just get, we'll, we'll get past that. And you don't right. get you bogged down on any of it. Right. Because the, the job itself, everything about it, like, is you're just so much more passionate about, you're so much more committed to. So I think maybe that, I, I think yeah. maybe that has more to do with it is that the work itself is just so much, you, you just embrace it so much more when you're doing something you love. Yeah. It makes the suck worth it, right? Like it's easier to embrace the suck. And it also, I think it, cause everybody has a monotony, like there's monotony in everything we do job wise like i don't well i think probably everything but work wise especially even the athlete right like he's got to go to practice he's got to do this movie stars they got to do the same thing you know they're going to make how a bunch of money or some of them are going to make a bunch of money and you could say you could argue man that's that seems like a dream job but there's there's an insane amount of monotony but again um it i do believe if you find like there's a lot more meaning to what you're doing and there's a there's a a greater purpose ahead of what you're, you know, what you're trying to attain or what you're trying to get to, whatever that meaning is, then it makes that monotony. It makes that, sh that grind a lot more tolerable. And it does, it's probably feels a little bit less like work. Yeah. I, or you're just setting the bar really low <laughs> and you mean, and you're just well, saying, look, if you like what you do, then you're not going to quite dread it every day. All right, dude, check winner. this out. All right. So there's on CNBC, <laughs> They had of, Boo. I think it's of uh, 2020, the best jobs, jobs that people were the most satisfied with, okay? Of the top 10, okay. of the top 10, there's only two that make less than $100,000. And those two are both in like the 75 to 83 range. Okay, you can't mm -hmm. sit here and tell me that the money has nothing to do with it like the m most of what to do with it because I don't think I said that it doesn't. No, no, no. But I'm saying in general, because when people say like, you got to find what you love, it's like, well, 
how many people are going to love what they do if they're making $30,000 they can't support their families? Oh, absolutely. No, not a lot of them. Right? I think that I think that you become like when you're I think that's a huge problem in our society. Um when we were, you know, back when we were talking about a couple episodes ago with Beer with a Buddy when we were talking about college. Like I think that's some that's a like a I don't even know what the word is uh, or how to describe it, but that's that's something that doesn't match up in any way where you have kids like, dude, did you have any idea? Did you have any clue what you wanted to do when you were 22 besides being a sports? Yeah, be a sports journalist. It didn't have to be a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Once you realize, though, that like you were actually going to have to like write stuff down a lot to be a sports journalist, then after that, it's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Because I, for one, had no freaking clue. Well, there's, I yeah, no colleges are, colleges are horrible, right? Because you've got like 130 different degree programs of which over a hundred are useless at the undergraduate level, right? There's like, there's, right. there's so many different paths you can go down in college, but what they won't tell you is that like, oh, by the way, if you want to be anything other than, you know, maybe a, a, a I don't know, a teacher then you're going to have to get so many other advanced degrees based off of, you know, your philosophy major. Like, I don't know. There's just like, well, even if you're a teacher, like if you want to be a college teacher, then you got to have a master's or a doctorate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But even, even for those people, if they wanted to be like elementary school teachers, you still have to get like teaching certified. There's still another level of education that you would have to do separately. So it's like, yeah, colleges don't do kids any favors when they're like, yeah, let's just come, you know, pursue your dreams. And it's like, well, okay, so I have the dreams of paying of off my college debt with this art degree. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, all right, that's a good point. So I remember in college actually having to, um, we, man, I can't remember what, it was some elective class that I took and they made us do a lot of personality tests and all this other stuff. But it also like one of the questions, one of the first questions, and I guarantee you've heard this one before, because it's up there right in commonality when you're growing up is, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you want to do, like for me, when I was five, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Then I realized that growing a shell was probably going to be impossible. (laughs) And then all the other things, once I got older, figured out that all that was impossible. What Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle did you want to be? Michelangelo. That's fair. thousand percent. I was a Donatello guy. You kick ass and party? Dude, that guy was a goofball. He was a goofball. What about you? My, I, I just, I only ever wanted to play or watch sports. What the hell is wrong with you? That's it, man. So you literally were just a robot your whole life. No, not a robot. Okay, so you wanted to be Master Splinter. Cool. Um, Wait, are you talking about kid? So are you talking about kid goals right now? Like, yes. Well, when I'm I was, saying, what, what Ninja Turtle did you want to be? Oh, I said I was a Donatello guy. Oh, yeah. He was the gay one. No, he wasn't. Stop stop stereotyping. I thought it was he wore, he wore purple. I thought that's what it was. Bro, he was crushing dudes. He was goal? crushing dudes with a stick. Everybody else had ninja stars, nunchucks. I mean he had a stick and he was just crushing it. Come on. How was he crushing dudes with a stick? What was he doing with his stick to those dudes? All right, moving on. <laughs> just saying. Just saying, you're not. All right, let's let's bring this home then. Let's specific. bring this home then. Right, so what is okay, so, what is well, the question that I got a lot in college was what would you do? Uh, oh, it's simple. When you want to figure out what you want to do for a living, what would you do if you won the lottery? 
I wouldn't do anything, which is, <laughs> which is my goal is to find a job in which I can actually, my goal for as long as I can remember is to be Mr. Mr. Mom. I want to be stay at home dad all Dude, day. Slip my wrists. No, no way in hell. Why? I don't know. I'm not made that way. I'm just. I'm gonna cut. First of all, I'm gonna. We're gonna cut that clip. So when the kids are on the podcast, that's what I'm gonna drop that's on. That's fine. I just can't. Like they'll probably tell you that. Like I had to stay with the kids for um, the beginning of their school year because they had to do at home schooling because of COVID, because of the pandy, and uh, <laughs> dude. I I think I almost killed my children. First of all, that's different, man. That's different because normally a stay-at-home dad would send his kids off to school and you wouldn't have to teach them. It's not stay-at-home school. So yeah. that's and I had that's, that's completely so that's yeah, that's that's Good. an that's true. extraordinary circumstance that would not normally be the case. And know. second of all, if you're staying at home, sense, you wouldn't have to work at home if you're a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. I mean, that part would be nice. I, I think once they got to school age, maybe that would be cool. I just want to have patience, and I don't have patience for little kids. I'm just letting babies. Eve know. I'm letting Eve know right now that my push present to you is I'm going to stay home with these kids, and I'm going to I'm going to raise them right. That God is bless you. that is the push present that I'm willing to sacrifice to Incredibly you. Incredibly progressive, my wonderful you. wife. Yeah, you are so woke. What would you do if you won the lottery, other than fish all the time, and then oh, and then bitch at me about wanting to play golf every day just because you don't want to touch fish? Um, I. Would, um, I would, I'm, I've got the loser answer. I would probably do exactly what I'm doing. I would just put a lot of money into it and make it very unfair for all the other agents. <laughs> <laughs> You're like such a douche. Yeah. I would have like a massive call center and all this stuff for just like one agent. And they'd be like, man, he's breaking records. They're Why like, God, like Steve, how much you bring in like, it? How much you bring in every year? He's like, no, I'm, I'm losing hand oh, over I've fist lost here. Millions of dollars, but I'm crushing the competition, <laughs> but I am destroying every I just, record. You I just had. bought my 15th life insurance policy on myself, yeah, on myself. And then on all my 500 employees living, that work, live, live in my, you know, 15 story call center. Um, all right. So why do you say that you would still do this then? Because I I really do enjoy what I do. I really like um, I like owning a business. I don't like doing what other people tell me to do. So um, being my own boss is is perfect, man. It's it's given me it's a grind and it and it time and it's it's extremely stressful. But at the same time, like I love working with people. I love working with my with my team and and training them and helping them and motivating them and then also. I love also being able to leave and go fish and go on a family trip on the, on the whim, like we're doing right on Wednesday and going to go off for four days. And I don't have to ask permission if I can go, I don't have to really let anybody like, okay, can I leave for, I know, sorry, I didn't get you in within, you know, my month time frame, but we have this opportunity to go. Can I go? No, I, that stuff. I hate that crap, man. I had to do it in the army and I don't want to do it anymore. So to that degree, like owning a business is still something I probably would do if I own, if I won the lottery. I probably wouldn't do a lot different than what I am now. I'd probably travel quite a bit more, but I would still I wouldn't just quit and not do anything. Like work wise. Well, to each his own, because I would just <laughs> be the laziest, most useless, non-contributing member of society ever. I would fly all my friends out all the time for just like. 
the most ridiculous reasons to come watch like a hockey game with me that night. Yeah. You sound like Vince Young. And that went well with him for him. Who? Vince Young. Oh, Vince Young did that? How would yeah. how would I know that Vince Young did that? Dude, he went bankrupt. Like he apparently some of the stories that he would he would rent out. So just for him and his boys to go to a, like a trip, he would buy all the plane tickets on the plane. Just so there'd be like five people instead of having a private jet. He would <laughs> Yeah. Not the smartest dude on the planet. I was sitting there for a second thinking, like, well, yeah, if I was friends with Vince Young, I would expect him to buy my plane ticket as well. No, 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 no. All of the plane <laughs> tickets for the plane, just for four people to fly. Dude, that is that's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. There's no way that's cost effective. Just buy your own jet, jackass. Um so what then ultimately obviously you may you didn't know when you first started doing the insurance gig that that was going to be as satisfying as it has been. Right. But if you had to go back and and pick another career or you had to, you know, do it again or I guess maybe this is how you did it, how did you ultimately weigh and factor in what was most important when determining what you were ultimately going to do after the military? Um, so I think I cracked the code. I think I figured it out. So yeah, I I'm so it. excited for this. It's, it's almost like world peace. Jeez. Um, no, and, I, and I've told, I've told my, you know, I've told a lot of people that's tried to. So when I was in college and when I was trying to get out, like I was, I think like a lot of people, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no clear like guidelines on like what direction to go in because you had, and you have an insane amount of opportunities, right. Or, or options and different things. And to, for me, I was paralyzed by the options. I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to like get, like, just like you said, like if you're in a job where you're, you have meeting, like you should still, and maybe it's not like the greatest job ever or whatever. It's not your dream job, but you should still put everything you have into it and see where it goes. And that's only going to make you give you like open more, avenues or doors or windows or whatever cliche thing you want to say well i didn't know i didn't have that like i didn't if i i wish someone was there to or me i wish i could go back and push me and say like dude it doesn't matter what you do just do something just pick a job it doesn't have to be permanent for one i had this weird thing in my mind subconsciously i think that whatever i chose i was stuck with like i had to i had to make it work i couldn't quit it and I don't know if it's just because I, you know, I don't like quitting things. I have no idea. Like that doesn't. But to me, I just, it, man, I, I was paralyzed by all this. Like I was paralyzed by the different options of what I should do, how I should do it, where should I go, what if it's not the right thing? When in reality, like, who gives a damn? If it's not the right thing, oh well, learn from it, figure it out. What did you like? What did you not like? And move on. Um, but so when I, when I had to start over and do it again at going out of the army, I had to. Um, you know, at one, I prayed a ton. I was a lot wiser then, you know, so like I took out like, basically I'll put it like this. So when I was in college, I wanted a cool job. I had no idea what that was a cool. I just wanted a cool job. Something that I could be like, I felt was sexy or cool to tell people like, Oh, this is what I do. Um, I had no idea what I actually wanted in life. I was paralyzed by the options. I had no idea what I wanted to put all my energy into because for some reason I did feel like that whatever decision I made, that was, I was kind of stuck with it. And 
whether it was my ego or outwards appearance, but that was important. Like it was how people saw me, what job I was doing. Like, like that's was going to define me. And then at the time money was not at all important. Like I didn't really care about the money. I just cared about all the other things. And, um, I was petrified of picking the wrong career. I had no idea why. I just felt like I had to be super, super, like I had, it, again, I had to find this job that I was going to love coming right out of college for the first thing ever because I never wanted to work a day in my life, right? Like I wanted to love this job. I wanted it to be my dream job, blah, 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 blah. I ended up being a debt collector for a mortgage company. hi -o. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sexy because I, <laughs> I bought a ring for this some chick named renee i don't even remember i don't know she's still around somewhere um yeah you keep it up and she'll be the next contestant on wine with an ex-wife yeah she's gonna yeah all we gotta do is keep doing this podcast she's gonna <laughs> me uh so then my once I got out, so now, okay, go to know that. That was miserable, but I, I had a ring payment. Like, it just reality set in, and I was like, oh, shit. And we, by the way, we graduated in 2009, May of 09, when I remember reading in Wall Street Journal when it said this is the worst time in U.S. history for someone to graduate college, like, economy-wise. Yeah, you was... sucker. That's why I didn't. <laughs> Joke's on you, son. <laughs> Damn. Your wisdom knows no bounds. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So <laughs> when I went into the army, I, you know, something I always wanted to do great, blah, blah, blah. We all talked about all that stuff. I, and then, so now I, all, here I am again, starting to feel full of anxiety because I have to start over again and figure out what the hell I want to be when I grow up. And so the biggest difference though was one, I was, I was much wiser of a person. I'd been to war. We'd grown up a lot. Um, we had a kid now we were married. Um, and I was whatever, three, four years, four years older. Um, and then because of that experience, which is why I would really tell people and encourage people that I've got to, um, that you've got to figure out what it is that you want to do or that just jump into something and, and do what you can with it. So, uh, I had a much clearer picture of what it was that was important to me. Uh, I had, some experience of things that I did not like and did not want in a career, which I think is huge. Money became a lot more important to me because kids cost money. FYI, in case you didn't know, or people that mm. if you haven't had kids yet, don't, I mean, just know that they have a lot of, they, they're expensive. Um, realized that time with my family was, uh, like I said before, was, you know, really important. And there was, there was aspects of that, right? Like I didn't want my kid, I didn't want Renee to have to work for the rest of her life. She probably will. She'll probably do something. She likes working. She enjoys it. But I, I wanted to be able to give her that option. Hey, look, if you don't want to work, you don't have to. But if you want to work, work. I don't give a shit. But I can provide. So that's when money started becoming more of a thing. Then I realized that, like, she never went on family vacations. We always went on one family vacation to Gulf Shores every year. I didn't fully understand that the only reason, the biggest reason we could afford that was because my grandparents owned the condo that they bought, like, 500 years ago. So we didn't really have to pay anything to go. So my biggest advice to people and kind of my solution to it is you got to make a list. I literally made a list. I wrote it down of the things that were important to me when I was coming out of the army. And then I used that list. I didn't really give a damn what the job satisfaction, what the job was itself. I just wanted it to whatever met that, cri that criteria. 
you look like you're about to say something. No, just, I mean, eight minutes later, you answered the question. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Make a list. Uh, so that is, that was, that was the biggest thing. So, but I, it took me, the, the, the reason it took me eight minutes is one, I, that's what I do. Two, man, it, like, I couldn't have made that list. I wouldn't have been able, I didn't have enough, like, life experience or, or foresight to, to make a list when I was coming out of college. And that's what I mean by like the college kind of does you like you, you think like, all right, go and you know, follow your passion, do whatever. But reality sets in kids are expensive. I want to go on a vacation every once in a while. I want to be able to do these things. Well, fuck, you need money. Yeah. And so your $30,000 job isn't going to cut it. Now all of a sudden the, the job you thought you would love, like you said, now you start to resent it. Right. And now it sucks. So, my biggest thing is that get some experience, figure it out. Don't be afraid of, don't be paralyzed by options. Just jump into something, take it, work with it, do the best you can and move forward. Um, but take notes, like take, like, all right, what do you want to do? Is it, you know, ha you got to have some list and then you got to use that list of priorities to find that next job or to find the career. And I feel like that without that, if you don't have that kind of um, criteria and, you, there's no way to filter what the hell you're going to do. And then you're just going to keep searching over and over and over again. And you're going to find something that just sounds cool or, Oh, they, they said they're going to make, they're going to pay me a hundred grand. There's still a hundred thousand dollar jobs where it sucks. You work 900 hours a week and you still don't have, you have no work-life balance. You have no nothing. Now maybe that's not important to you, but you should kind of have that figured out. Yeah. I mean, just having a clear inventory of, of what is going to ultimately make you happy and what is ultimately things that you're not willing to sacrifice. Because if, if work consistently gets in the way of any of those, then yeah, it doesn't matter how much you initially like it, you're going to, you're going to end up hating it. Um, and that sucks too. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right. Well, great episode today, steve -O. Yeah, man. I think it's uh, I think it's a fascinating topic. I think it's something that all of us Americans um, have to go through. Man, it's just a part of it. It's part of growing up. Everybody, that American, every human on the planet, you got to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. And um, if you can figure out how to make some money doing it and not hate it every day, that's uh, it's a big deal. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think. Find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.